God cares for every one of us, and some of us will never be free until we have the Spirit of Jesus accept His forgiveness and able to forgive those who trespass against us. Welcome to The Healing Word, a radio ministry of the Largo Community Church. Here's Pastor Jack Morris with today's message that will grow your faith in God and lead you to a closer walk with Jesus. We're going to Psalm 118 that tells us about the Lord's blessing, how he so graciously blesses us and how in return we must give him thanks. We must give him thanks. He has blessed us in abundance. Psalm 118 tells us how he sets us free, how he's with us, how he is our helper. He is our refuge. The Lord is my strength and song. The Lord is my song. This is all and everything that God does for us. He comes with abundant blessings. Friend, you and I are greatly blessed. Let's go into the sanctuary and hear this message and then give praise and thanks to God for his abundant blessings upon us. Let's go into the sanctuary. Christ the cornerstone. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 20. The cornerstone being Christ Jesus himself. The Apostle Paul, the Apostle Peter, um, Luke, and others in the scripture. And Jesus himself identified himself as the chief cornerstone. And I'm going to talk about that when I get closer to the end of the, the message today. But... This psalm, friend, if there's ever a psalm in the Bible that you and I need to read and read repeatedly, it would be this Psalm 118. Do you know that this is the psalm that Jesus and his disciples sang in the upper room after they completed the Lord's Supper and he leaves and goes into Gethsemane, drinks the cup, uh, is arrested taken before the Sanhedrin, whipped and beaten and scourged and then crucified. This was the last song Jesus sang before he died. I wish we had the music to it, Faith. I wish we did. But Jesus sang, this is the last of the Hallelujah Psalms. There's a number of them, but this is the last one. And this was the last one that Israel would sing would sing, and this was the last one. If you ever paid attention, you better pay attention today. Jesus sang this song. I could hardly, I could hardly study and prepare it, knowing that these words were put to music and Jesus sang them. But a psalmist wrote this psalm long before Jesus was born. Let's read verse 1 together. Together, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Now notice how it starts out exactly the way Jesus wanted it to start out, by giving praise and giving thanks to whom? The Lord. Jesus wanting us to know that all blessings come from God. And we need to remember that and give praise to him and not get hearty and proud because we think that we have done some things. Friend, the very air you breathe and I breathe comes from the Lord. And some of these days that air will cease and we will go to be with the Lord. And so Jesus begins singing, give thanks to the Lord. Why? For he is good. There are two great 
broad strokes, God's love and God's goodness. Now, I'm going to break those down. We're going to sort of like crack open the word love and then crack open the word uh, goodness and take the kernel out and see what it is. Okay, he loves me. What does that mean? He's good to me. Well, tell me about that goodness. And so after he does these two big broad strokes, now he begins to do the fine strokes and tell us what is love is contained in love and what is contained in goodness. He, he begins by giving praise to the Father. That's, that's how we ought to begin. Every week in the house of God, giving praise to the Father. Every morning before we leave, giving praise to the Father and all day long also. But give thanks to the Lord for his good, for his love endures forever. Now notice verses 2, 3, and 4. When the psalmist wrote verse 1, he had to stop and verse 2, 3, and 4 are uh, a parenthesis. When you begin to think about the goodness of the Lord, the love of God, you just have to stop and give praise to the Lord. Come on, let's read verses 2, 3, and 4 together. Let Israel say, love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his love endures forever. Let the Largo Community Church say, and everybody says hallelujah. (laughs) His love endures forever. When you begin and stop and consider and begin to ruminate the, the love of God and the goodness of God like this man did, he just stopped writing, he stopped everything, and he says, let Israel say, let the house of that's, that's the congregation. Let the house of Aaron, that's the clergy. And then he goes on to say, and let those who fear the Lord or reverence the Lord, that's the Gentiles who came into the kingdom of God and became part of the people of Israel. So let everybody who knows the Lord say thank you, Lord, and give praise to the Lord for his goodness and for his love. Now, I'm going to break those two words down, goodness and love. We're going to look at the fine strokes. We talk about the love of God. What are we talking about? We talk about the goodness of God. In what ways specifically has he been good? In what ways has he specifically shown love to us? I'm not going to be able to go through the whole chapter, but I'm going to go through part of it. Notice verse 5. In my anguish, that's this writer who wrote Psalm 118, in my anguish, I cried to the Lord, and what happened? He answered by setting me free. At this time, the people of Israel were in bondage to the Babylonians. They were in a slave camp, and this man called out to the Lord, and all Israel called out to the Lord, asking for help, After they gave thanks to the Lord. Friend, you can give thanks to God when you're in bondage knowing that the Lord is going to deliver you and bring you out. We begin by giving thanks to the Lord even before the answer came. Hey, are are you getting this? This is how it works. 
And the Lord Jesus and the 12 disciples sang praises to God, knowing that Jesus was going to be beaten nearly to death with a whip. Many of the executioners killed the criminal or the victim with the whip long before they got to the cross. But Jesus survived and made it to the cross where he carried our sins. But before and knowing what was going to take place, he begins to give thanks and give praise to to the Lord God Almighty. Now our bondage today, listen carefully, our bondage today is not to another nation, thank God. It may be someday, but right now we are a free nation. But our bondage is, is more like what some of the people are saying in the divorce care group that meets every day, uh, every Sunday afternoon about 1.30. Is that correct? Yeah. In that group, they're telling us how anger has come into their mind and into their heart because of a spouse that betrayed them. They talk about sadness and depression. They talk about how they want to forgive, but they can't forgive. They can't move on. And so they're in bondage to that. But they're coming out because they're believing that God's going to bring them out of that place of bondage. Friend, you're not enslaved to another nation or another people, but many are enslaved to an unforgiving spirit. They're controlled by it. They're enslaved to the anger that has resulted from what has happened in their lives. They're enslaved, some of them, to the memory of how their parents raised them. They were raised in a dysfunctional family and the parents didn't raise them like they should have been raised with a, in a loving, caring home of peace. And they're remembering that. Some of you here today remembering that and that memory haunts you and it, it de- depresses you and makes you sad that you were raised that way in that home. Uh, some of you have been treated unfairly on the job. And you're carrying that memory month after month, year after year. You're enslaved to that. You're in bondage to that. But notice what the man says, that he called to the Lord. In my anguish, in my distress, I cried to the Lord, to the Lord, to the Lord. Fred, you can't get rid of some of that bondage. It, it, it enslaves you. It's, it, it causes you pain emotionally. But when you cry to the Lord, when you cry to the Lord, God answers prayer. He said, I, in my anguish, I cried to the Lord and he answered me by setting me free. God still sets us free. He's going to set some people free here today. I believe that. I truly believe that. Pastor Morris will return in a moment with the conclusion of today's message following this important invitation. The Church of Friendship and Joy, where Christ is honored and people are loved. This is what you will discover at the Largo Community Church, located in South Bowie, right off of Central Avenue. But just don't take my word for it. Listen to what others are saying about the church. Hi, my name is Dr. Reggie Smith, and this is my wife, Danielle. And Pastor Morris and Largo Community Church has been in our lives for over 20 years. He married us uh, 21 years ago. He christened both of our daughters. Both of our daughters have gone to the Sunday school program, which is wonderful here. Our first daughter is now a freshman in college, and our little one is in the first grade in the Sunday school program. The church has always been a part of our family. 
The church is located at 1701 Enterprise Road in Mitchellville, Maryland. For more information, visit our website at largocc.org. Now, let's rejoin Pastor Jack Morris for the conclusion of today's message. Corey Ten Boom. How many of you have heard the name Corey Ten Boom? May I see your hands? Some of you. She was a Polish woman in Poland. She and her family operated a clock shop. They made clocks, fixed clocks, sort of like a jewelry store. The Nazis invaded Poland. Cory Ten Boone, her dad, mother, sister, they began hiding Jews in their house. Later they were found out, discovered, and the Nazis arrested Cory Ten Boone, the whole Boone family, and put them in a concentration camp. Now, Cory Ten Boone and Dr. Frankel, both of them in concentration camps, but they never knew each other, to my knowledge. Years ago, I think it was in 1984, when Pastor Colonel Bill Wilson was stationed at the Pentagon, he invited Corinne and me and his wife to go to the Pentagon because Corey Ten Boone was going to be there and give her testimony. And this old Polish woman with this, carrying her purse, big heavy purse around with her, uh, was there. I was very close to her, never got to shake her head. I, I regret that. But uh, I heard her talk and give, us, give a message at that time. While in the concentration camp, she and her sister Betsy were there together. And I, I'm just trying to think about the, the correct way and the most uh, uh, best way to tell about it. Uh, she was such a dignified lady. So gracious, so dignified. And the Nazis caused her to strip all her clothes away and her sister and everybody else and to walk before them nude. And she said to Betsy, her sister, she said, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. But God gave her strength because she thought of Jesus on the cross without any clothes on. That's how they crucified people. They wanted the person crucified to have the utmost shame. And they put them out so everybody could gather and look up at the cross and see that person. And only by her thinking of Jesus did she have the power. Friend, you and I need to have Jesus in our thoughts and on our mind all the time. And she thought of Jesus and she had special strength. And she said she watched her sister Betsy walk before her starved nearly to death, her bones protruding. She said, then they killed my mother and my father, and they killed my sister Betsy. But before they killed her, we worked at a stone quarry. And she said, this one guard in particular took this instrument and beat Betsy nearly to death, beat me. He was full of the devil. And she said, then they killed Betsy, put her in a, her body in a furnace. The black smoke came out, the stench of burning bodies. But by some clerical error, she was released, Corrie Ten Boone. And she made it out of the concentration camp. Now, the war is over. Germany, Berlin in particular, had been bombed 
to smithereens. And Corey decides she's going to leave Poland and go to Berlin and teach the people how to forgive. She's going to tell them about Jesus and how he prayed from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And she said she got in the lecture hall and the place was packed and she told about the experience that she and her sister Betsy, her mother and dad had in the concentration camp, how they were starved, beaten, humiliated. And she says, and then when the service was over, she said people started coming up to her. And she said she was standing there and she lifted her eyes and who was walking up but that guard that beat her nearly to death that she had to walk and expose her body without any clothing. The guard in that concentration camp was walking up to her. And the guard walked up to her and put out his hand and says, Miss Tamboon, God saved my soul, forgave me of my sins. I'm a Christian, and I come to ask you to forgive me. But still, her mother and dad are dead. Betsy is dead. Her humiliation is still in her mind. And of all things, she said, I went to Berlin to tell the Berlin people how to forgive. I can preach it. But now can I do it? And she said, I fumbled in my purse. I couldn't put my hand out to that man. She said, that man so mistreated us. And she says, I looked to God. That man kept his hand out and he said, Miss Ten Boone, I'm a Christian. God has forgiven me. I want you to forgive me. Will you forgive me? Will you forgive me? Friend, have you ever put your hand out to somebody and said, will you forgive me? You knew what you did? God cares for every one of us, and some of us will never be free until we have the spirit of Jesus, accept his forgiveness, and able to forgive those who trespassed against us. Forgive us our sins. Forgive us our debts. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us. Do you remember praying that prayer? <laughs> and she said, finally, Corey said, I was, said my arm was like a piece of wood. It was like a, a club. I couldn't, couldn't lift it. And she said, I tried to lift it. And she said, I felt the power of God come into my shoulder and come down through my arm And she says, when I touched his hand, the love of God flowed in into that man and I was able to forgive him. In my anguish, I cried to the Lord and he answered by setting me free. Oh, friend, I've got to quick very soon now. My time is gone. My sermon is only half done but I've said everything that I think that I need to say. I think of, look at verse 7. I will look in triumph on my enemies. Triumph on my enemies? Who are my enemies? My unforgiving spirit, my anger, my remembrance of being treated unfairly on the job, my spouse, my parents who didn't raise me properly. 
Those are my enemies. And today, God can free me from those experiences. I will look in triumph. Look at verse 11. In the name of the Lord, I cut them off. Those enemies have been clinging to me like leeches. But in the name of the Lord. You you see, God has a name. God has a reputation. He has a reputation of forgiving and setting people free and making lives whole. In the name of Him, I can do it. Corey, in the name of Him, you can do it. And indeed she did. Verse 14, the Lord is my strength and song. Now, quickly, I must close. The capstone, the cornerstone of blessing. Jesus said, I will build my church. The scripture says he's the cornerstone of that church. The cornerstone is that stone that if you pull it out, the whole building will come down. It it holds the building together. Now think again, I will build my church. And he is the chief cornerstone of that church. Now who is the church? Every individual in here is the church. Meaning he's building his church, but he's building it with you, each individual. Friend, the church isn't going to fall apart. The church isn't going to fall apart, and neither is your life going to fall apart. God has made a provision. That provision is Jesus. He's going to hold you up and support you, and your life is going to be greatly and abundantly blessed by God. No, your life cannot be defeated unless you choose an attitude of defeat. And if you choose that attitude and you keep that attitude, and some of you have kept it for a long time, but today you can become free, a new man, a new Lord. He that the sun sets free is free indeed. This is your day. Don't delay. There's a song, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and righteousness. When all around my soul gives way, He then is all my heart and stay. Friend, he's going to help you, bless you, hold you up, take you all the way to victory. He's here today. Jesus, I must close. Will you bow your heads with me, please? Now, friend, we need to talk to the Lord. This was the last song Jesus sang, Psalm 118. You heard the words that came from the lips of Jesus. You looked at them with your eyes. And now allow the spirit of Jesus to touch your heart, to change your life. You bow before him. Talk to him. This is an altar service. I could come down, but I I won't right now. Time is of an essence. Another congregation's coming in. But where you are, you are in the presence of God. God's looking at you, and God sees your hurt, and God sees your pain. And God sees healing for you also. We hope that today's message has been a blessing and has strengthened your faith in God. But before we go, here is Pastor Jack Morris with some concluding thoughts. The Lord Jesus is the cornerstone holding our lives together. Life can be so confusing. It seems like we're being pulled in every direction, but Jesus Christ is the cornerstone, the foundation that we can stand upon, and He will hold us together, keep us going forward. Friend, I want to pray for you now. I I feel in my heart that 
you are going through a difficult time, but the Lord is going to bring you through the difficult time. He knows how to handle difficult times in our lives. I, I've, I feel in my heart that I should pray for you, and I'm going to do that now. Look to the Lord with me. Father God, I pray for this one that is going through this very difficult place. There's confusion. Decisions need to be made. They need the counsel of the Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, bring your blessing, bring your healing, bring your guidance. You are the wonderful counselor. Lord, we thank you now for healing, blessing, guiding. You are our God through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. Amen. Friend, you are blessed. God is with you. And God is going to take you through this difficult time. It won't be difficult much longer. Jesus is with you. Be sure to tune in tomorrow at this same time for another edition of The Healing Word. Until tomorrow, blessings on you.